It's a brand new day, and we're putting the AM in American politics. We've seen the darkness of division and despair and are now jumping into the light of a bright path forward. Progress is here, and we're sharing its story with you, for you, all with the help of Signal Boost. Now, here are your hosts, Zerlina Maxwell and Jess McIntosh. Welcome to Signal Boost. This is Jess McIntosh, and I could not be more excited to be talking to Dennis Haysbert right now. You know him from everything, but you're going to know about the upcoming Hulu thriller, No Exit, uh, which I've, I've had the pleasure of watching. It is so unbelievably my thing. I love a good thriller, and this one is classic. Um, Dennis, I just wanted to ask you, like, what drew you to this kind of material? Oh, I love this kind of material. I mean, it's, it's a, so much like a Twilight Zone. Yes. And uh, it also, it, uh, you know, it kind of plays like a play. Oh, it does. Um, yeah. Um, <clears throat> the whole sequence, uh, once you get to the, um, uh, to the, you know, to the, uh, the visitor center is all played in sequence. Did you shoot so, in sequence as well? I mean, shot in sequence, yeah. So you really get that build, that theatrical build uh, to the scene and uh, to all the scenes that, you know, that follow. And uh, it's, it's, it was just an amazing ride with, uh, with an equally amazing cast. Yeah, the performances are outstanding. I, I feel like I, I watch everything that comes out in the horror slash thriller, psychological genre, like everything. And I haven't seen a movie like this in a very long time. It was giving me Hitchcock vibes. Like, it, you know, a, yeah. a cast of unreliable narrators are thrown together in a snowstorm and you don't know who's who or what's happening. Like that is, it's classic, but they don't make those anymore. I think probably because it's hard to make them as well as you need to in order for it to really resonate with the audience. I, 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 love, I would knowing agree. love this stuff too. Yeah, I would agree. And uh, no, it was just, no, I mean, I, I also it's kind of like being in a snow globe. Ooh, yes. You know, uh, you know, being in this movie, you just can't. You you're not going to be able to go anywhere. You you hit this wall, and you have to come back, and uh, and you got to deal with things to uh, its logical or illogical conclusion. I, I thought that the sense of confinement was like almost a character in and of itself and and especially interesting to have it drop sort of during this pandemic winter moment where you're losing your mind inside but outside is cold and scary but you're losing your mind inside but outside is cold and scary like we're we've all been experiencing that in our normal lives more than right. usual so maybe that's one of the reasons why, like, did you ever talk about how, what the audience was living through that would be experiencing this movie? And was that maybe a part of why it's so effective? Uh, did we talk about it? I, I don't think we talked about it so much as we just, um, we just dove right in and, uh, and just started to, just wanted it to work as best it, uh, as best it could. Um, we had, a, like I said, we had a stellar cast and we were so in love with each other, you know, because we were in this space and we, all we wanted to do was make this like a, you know, like the best Broadway play we could make, yeah. you know, but, uh, you know, with cameras and uh, we, used, and we would give each other, you know, 
you know, on a, on their close up, we would give people much more than normal actors would give other actors, you know, and uh, and everybody would would give like that. We have such a giving set because we just wanted it to be as uh, as good as we can make it. It, it was it was a huge undertaking. And how long were you how long were you all in the cabin in the woods together? Oh, it was a good two months you know, <laughs> in the cabin. I'm assuming you don't go as stir crazy on the set as uh, others would in that situation. Like, what do you do on your downtime when you're in a room when you're filming in a remote location like that? Like, how do you stay safe? Well, you know, that, that, that's the thing. We weren't in a remote location. We were on say on stage. And we were in New Zealand. <laughs> so, Shut up, really? Yeah. I absolutely thought you were filming in the Pacific Northwest. <laughs> oh, bless your heart. I mean, and that's the effect we wanted, you know. And uh, and it and and it was cold in there, but uh, it wasn't as cold as it could have been if we were out in somewhere, you know, in some snow snow laden place. That's amazing. Uh, yeah, it was amazing. Okay, so we've seen a lot of new um, entries to this genre lately that have had real class implications. I, I'm talking about Parasite, I'm talking about Squid Game. There's there's a lot of, of horror and thriller that seem to have this um, haves versus have nots undertone. And this brushes up against that a little bit. I'm, I'm wondering sure. if why why do you feel like those stories are are resonant right now? Why are audiences like so gravitating towards that? Because that's where we are, yeah. you know. And, um, and and people are trying to navigate in a world that's ever changing. You know, our world has changed. Uh, you know, irretrievably. I mean, we think we will never know the normal we knew. Uh, two years ago, yeah, that's gone. That's gone, and it and it will never come back. Because uh, I mean, it will in maybe you know ten to fifteen years, <laughs> but right now, uh, you know, we we're all living through this, and uh, and we are going to continue to live through it, and it's going to continue to resonate in uh, you know how in however many ways it can. Oh, how do I phrase this? We're all going to have to deal with this uh, according to our gifts. Ooh, that is a very good way of phrasing this. Yeah, I mean, if something goes through a metamorphosis for 10 to 15 years, yeah. there's there's no chance of returning to whatever would have happened had you not had that time ensuing, which I, I guess is sort of the plot of every movie where people are tested by forces that they never expected to encounter. Right. Um, and this movie forever changes everyone's life, you know. Yeah. Do you do you think of this movie as something that that has a lesson or do you think of it as something that is a really fun ride to watch? Uh, there's a lesson in there. Uh, I wish I could, uh, you know, you know, uh, keep going with that, that train of thought. But, I, you know, I, without revealing too much that, that's in the movie, I think there is a there's a major lesson. And I think that's a lesson that the audience learns in yeah. this, you know. This is a tough one because I I don't even I I don't want to reveal anything about your character I don't want to say whether you're a good guy or a bad guy but I do want to I do want to take your persona, mm -hmm. um, 
it's possible that you're the most reassuring person in America. Do, do you wear that heavy on your shoulders? Are you aware of that that is, that is how we perceive I, I, I'm, I, I'm aware of it to a certain degree. I, I try to uh, not ignore it, but kind of just let it, you know, live on its own. You know, I, I try to live my life. I don't want to, uh, I don't want it to keep me from playing certain characters. Um, but I don't want to stop playing those characters either, you know. So I, I like that, you know, being reassuring and all that good stuff. And uh, in some instances, it's a it's a great red herring. Um, but uh, like I said, I can't say too much about this character other than that he's a. Uh, I think all the, I think every character in this film is looking for redemption on some mm -hmm. level. Mm -hmm. I think so. I, I want to talk about some of the other the other things that you have done because the, the reassuring presence has sort of it's it's been cultivated over a very long time. Yeah. And I'm wondering if is that happenstance? Like, do you think that you were cast as President Palmer in 24 because people already saw you as? an authority figure who was somebody who was deserving of trust, somebody who would have been a good leader. Was that sort of already in your repertoire or did that role cement your status as the person who could play God or any of your other? I, I, think, that, I, I think that did more to cement uh, me in that, uh, in that status. Because um, I don't think before that, before 24, I mean, because I, I went through a very uh, intense audition uh, process for that. And uh, and the only thing I could think of is I just want to be the kind of president I could I could vote for. Ooh. That's are what you, I wanted. Are you surprised at how many people bring up President Palmer when talking about the election of President Obama. Are you surprised that there were so many people who said we had to see it on screen before we could see it in real life? And do you I, I, like there's I, any merit I, to that? I actually think on some level um, that's what happened. You know, because I remember uh, I'm doing an interview much like this, and the interviewer asked me, he said, "Well, do you you see when you know? So you see a black president in our future?" And I said, "Yeah." And I said, and she said, uh, "When?" When do you think? I said, at this point, what time? It was like 2000, uh, was it 2003? I was just out of college yeah. and obsessed with 24. So yeah, two, two or three. And, and I said, well, 2012. And she laughed. She literally laughed. And I said, why are you laughing? She says, that's not very long. <laughs> you know, I said, well, why does it have to be a long time? You know? And lo and behold, you know, we had a black president in 2008. So it actually came four years, you know, earlier than I had, uh, you know, wished it or, you know, predicted. And, uh, and, 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 I, and I haven't, I don't think I've spoken to that interviewer since. And I really wish I knew her name. I don't remember because I remember being taken aback when she laughed. I said, well, you don't think it's possible. Yeah, no. And I said, oh, okay. And I said, if, if I, what I'm doing in this, in this show, uh, 
inspires one person to make that move, then I will have done my job. And boom, there it was. Look at that. Do, do you do you know, were the creators always intending to have President Palmer be a black man? Because race doesn't really come up in the show. It's, it's... Yeah, uh, well, other than the fact that these, uh, and well, I guess it didn't really come up as far as you know, why they wanted to kill me. Right. And, um, and you know, why there was a threat to my life. And it, you know, it really didn't have anything to do with uh, color. It had to do with the fact that I was a senator and I presided over a, uh, an operation that used kefir, mm -hmm. you know? And um, so it was, uh, it was very, yeah, it was very interesting. No color didn't even uh, enter into it. Yeah, it was. Uh, it wasn't a part of our conversations, at least. I man, I so I was such a little leftist when I was watching the show. Like I was marching against the Iraq War. Like I that was, you know, it was Twenty Four and West Wing, and I sort of thought that they went together in my mind because mm -hmm. in Twenty Four, you would see you see Kiefer Sutherland like torture the bad guys for any reason, like just get it out of them, torture the bad guys, right? And that always seemed to me like this is a great sort of liberal interpretation of what a right wing like hero would be doing and then i learned that the creators of the show were actually fairly conservative themselves and i didn't know what to make of it anymore so my question yeah. to you is like what do you make of the politics of 24. Uh, they used to claim me and i said and they used to say that i was a conservative uh, president i said no no he's not <laughs> he's not you know that's not the way i portrayed him at all um i i, I think as a president um, you're going to have to be conservative to a point, you know, mm -hmm. um, just in the way you have to, you know, you know, delegate, uh, you know, different, you know, different uh, ideas and things, you know, to, uh, to your administration and, and to Congress and to the Senate. But you have your ideals. Your ideals don't change. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and he was a president for the people. And to think of it, it was probably your performance that helped me think that this was a show for me, even oh, though it was a show about a white guy torturing a bunch of people. <laughs> like I watched that and like, yeah, this is made for me. And I think yeah. now that now that I'm talking to you, it was probably your performance that set it up that way. Yeah, well, there are two different. Uh, I think there were two different ideologies working in tandem. Um, I wasn't always aware of what. Uh, you know, uh, Bauer was doing and how he was doing it. All I know is from my point of view and from my uh, from my standpoint and from where uh, David Palmer was uh, living, he had to uh, make the best uh, judgments and decisions he could to save as many lives as he could. So I want to ask you about Lucifer and how how do you prep to play God? Like, how do you even start that process? It was really interesting. Um, I had to start at a neutral point. Ooh. I had to be neutral. I couldn't be too happy. I couldn't be too sad. I couldn't be too uh, angry. Mm -hmm. You know, I had to be benevolent. And even when I was, you know, 
you know, even though uh, uh, Lucifer and Amenadiel and uh, the other angels were kind of beating me up and, and, and everything else, I just sort of, okay, that's free will talking, you know, and, and kind of observed it that way. It wasn't until I uh, decided to put aside my powers and become human that it really got interesting for me. And, uh, and then I just started playing, you know, it's just like, I, I have this like million year old uh, person, you know, who's now a child, you know? So I was being my, my best child you know, and learning and, and dealing with, you know, with the realities that, uh, that these creatures I had put on this planet are going through. And I got to feel that which I guess may be a better God. It sounds like an incredible acting challenge. It also sounds like the kind of thing that makes you think about the world in a way that you don't usually think about the world. And maybe mm -hmm. that's hard to shut off when you're done. Do you, do you carry your characters with you? No, I learned very early on in my career. Uh, actually, I learned this in acting school. Um, I, I had a, uh, the, the, uh, Michael Thomas, God rest his soul, uh, was a um, stage manager on Broadway. And he was a leader of our school. And uh, one of the things that he taught was, you know, six feet after you pass the curtain on the stage, you have to become Dennis again. Because that is a rabbit hole that, you know, that no actor wants to go down. And uh, when I was in high school, when I was in theater in high school, I would carry my, my, those characters around with me all the time. And people, were, and people thought I was a psychopath. <laughs> so it depended upon what, what character I was playing. Um, you know, they said, hey, what are you doing? Who, who are you? What are you, what? Why are you acting that way? I said, oh, man, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'm just, you know. It's just something I was doing in, you know, like rehearsal and acting, you know, acting class and, you know, and, uh, you know, it, that's kind of a hard thing to bring out to the football field when you're practicing football, you know, and mean, depending upon what that character is, you know, Depends you're, yeah. you know <laughs> you're going to be more intense or you're going to be less intense or whatever. And uh, so I had to learn um, uh, for my, my own mind, for my own stability. Uh, to turn it off. Do you get nervous when you read profiles of younger actor Jeremy Strong or like Lady Gaga living in the Italian accent for a year and a half? Do, do you want to reach out and be like, hey kids, there's an easier way? Everybody has their method, you know, and, uh, and far be it for me to, uh, uh, you know, to tell them, you know, one way or the other how to work. Um, that's, that's up to their you know, psychologist, you know, because I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm like most actors, if you're uh, fortunate enough, is to have some, a therapist. <laughs> Look, that's just human. That's just people. That's just human. That's just people. But if you, you, know? you have more people than normal inside at any given point, so I suppose it's even more important that you have a therapist to. Right. You know, you, know, you, can, you can be, you know, you can turn into civil real quick, you know. Right. <laughs> so. Just another amazing performance that was probably um, fairly traumatic to live through. But oh my goodness! Yeah. So Lucifer, I mean, every 
every actor, every production, every play was affected by the pandemic, but Lucifer was affected probably more publicly than just about any other show. You were like halfway through a season and then had to pick up just, it was just the finale that was left. Like you were very close to the end of the season when the shutdown happened. So I just wanted to ask about that moment. Like what, how did you spend your time when you weren't able to practice your craft? Was it a period of growth or was it a period of frustration or, or a little bit oh, of it was, it, For me, it was definitely growth. Um, you know, I, I read a lot more. I, I exercised a lot more. I did more home cooking. Um, I watched a lot of movies, you know, that I hadn't watched, um, especially, you know, old classics over again. Um, I would sit down and write more, you know, it's more for myself, you know, um, but I know I, and I started playing the bass. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. So, um, uh, so I, you know, so I, I said, this can be either your, your biggest, uh, biggest heart, or it could be, you know, your awakening. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm glad that you got the time to prep. I'm glad that you focused on classics because you guys have made a new one. Uh, no Exit is so much fun. I highly recommend it. If uh, Don't do it first thing in the morning like I did today. Do it at night, get a blanket, get some popcorn, make sure you've got something to hug. It is an absolutely, absolutely fun ride. Dennis Haysburg, right. thank you so much for joining me today. This My pleasure, great. thank you. Thank you, have an excellent one. You too. We'll be back tomorrow with another Signal Boost podcast. Thanks for listening.